Good morning. If you're hearing this, it means you're on the public feed for Garage Monologues, which is totally fine. It just means that you're about six months behind when this episode was originally released to my patrons. It also means there is likely to be an ad or two within. The FCC wants me to disclose that. So if you'd like to get caught up instantly and skip the ads, then head on over to patreon.com slash jswanson where you can get access to the members-only feed and the entire backlog of Garage Monologues right now. Considering this is the beginning of the first season, I should also let you know it's the first episode that was shot both as a video and a podcast, so the audio-only season will be a little shorter. Hope you enjoy it. Like that. I think this is good like that. Yeah. Do I have to hold this mic this high? Yeah, that, that's pretty yeah. pretty good. Pretty good right there. Welcome to the first ever videotaped, podcasted, simultaneous garage monologue with... My bestie Pushan over here, uh, neighbor. So is it garage monologue or garage monologues? Well, they are garage monologues but this collectively. Is the first one, so it's singular. Yeah, this yeah. is the first. The first one as a podcast, and uh, Pushan's an, a, an excellent podcaster himself. So throwing in a lot, and uh, also the godfather of my dog. That's right, Cooper. Hopefully, he doesn't have me killed after the ceremony. <laughs> It is the theme of the week, The Godfather. We did watch the, both <laughs> the first and the second movies, and so now it's it's fresh, fresh top of mind. Yeah, now I have like these illusions of being a mobster. But yeah, yeah, it definitely it glamorizes it while at the same time making you feel like, man, I would never, ever, I would not want that. No, yeah, I don't want that. Horrible. Seems like a lot of work. So today we're going to be talking about, well, obviously we have, I, um, I mentioned this in my vlog, but I have the gold bottle for season eight. The Uh-oh. season eight uh, vlog is complete. 20 episodes in. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Completed on schedule. Actually completed just a little bit before schedule because um, I ended up doing two in one week. Uh, and so we're going to pop that and drink that. We can get that started here shortly. It's chilled. It's ready to go. And uh, then talking a little bit about what happened over the course of the last few months. A lot of a lot of things have happened, both blog-wise, life-wise, what's coming in the future. Um if you aren't already following Pushan, you should obviously Pushan photo. I'll put that on the screen, but it's P U X A N photo on Instagram. Stop it. Let's see you there. But do it. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, I kind of thought, and just to explain what we're doing here too, because this is definitely very different. And uh, if you're a fan of podcasts, hopefully this gets you really excited. If you don't care about podcasts, hopefully you're like, well, at least I'm still getting my video garage monologue. Um, but I did get garagemonologues.com, so we can have uh, an, a very official podcast going here soon. Nice. New brand. Would you tell, what do you do? Do you want to publicize the fact that you have a podcast? Um, For those that happen to love F1? Yeah, why not? You know, we want to start to Tell the people about your podcast. All right, so I am, I've been an F1 nerd since I was six years old. And um, my dream has always been to obviously drive a car, but it's a little more difficult. So uh, what I did was I started taking some photos of it. That's also very difficult. And now I just have a podcast called The Grandstand F1 with my buddy Knowles. And we basically give unsolicited armchair analysis of Formula One. Um, We have never driven competitively, but we give the best drivers of the world advice. And they do not listen to it. But I think you should. So if you like F1, if you're getting into it, woo. Also, sound again. Well, on the podium. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Check it out. All right. Season eight. Uh, he is also, if you're into F1, this guy knows so much about F1. I don't know anything about F1, so maybe I'm not the best uh, person to vouch for that, but like it's so interesting to listen just as a friend. 
Because I only got into it because of Drive to Survive, the Netflix show. And, you know, there's it's it's for everyone. I kind of go really into it. I'm a big nerd about it with numbers and statistics and kind of, you know, going really far into the data of it. But we welcome the OG fans that have been following for 40 years, uh, as well as the Drive to Survive uh, newbies. You're all welcome. Welcome. I, uh, I think I'm actually going to transition at some point from less of a Drive to Survive fan and more of a... Grandstand fan because it yeah you know and it, it's detail it's called grandstand because we're giving the voice to the people in the stand you know so anyway enough about me but if you like F one join join the banter yeah. can you hear the crackling I can hear it I'm just wondering if it's picking up on the microphone crackling you can also probably hear Cooper for those of you that are wondering where Cooper is he's been <clears throat> theoretically settled into his kennel but he will not settle so he's just going to tucker himself out in there I guess for the next he's just having one of those days yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, I don't know if he's in his adolescent phase or what, but it's a little bit too early. We can talk about Cooper here in a minute. Cheers. Cheers to uh, season eight. Congrats. Season eight and the starts of, uh, of a new podcast. Yeah. Wow. A lot of, uh, a lot of things have happened over the last few months. A lot of stuff's happened. So season eight started with me my, when my dad was here. Okay. I was just reflecting on this because I, 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 I thought about doing more of a reflection vlog. But I was like, nah, let's just finish the vlog, the season on a, like, this is where I'm at. This is Cooper learning how to do stuff. Yeah. This is what's going on. But I started the, the season with my dad here, and I remember filming at um, San Ambroise. So it's a church that's over on, like, line nine in the 11th. And I was filming right in front of it uh, where I, I was just kicking into gear, I think, with, well, was that this season? I don't even remember. We should. Probably, I probably should have looked this up. I, where where I was starting to use the microphone more and like take shots from a long way away. Someone will probably correct you. I, yeah. Please correct me. I I also am just like very not well. I figured this would be a casual time. I did think about doing notes, having it on my tablet. This is a trial run. We're gonna get to figure it out. Um, or they'll confirm it. Yeah, they can confirm it. Just gonna look actually on my. So so when was uh, when did the season start? That's what I'm. You know? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Because uh, was it but, fall? Yeah, yeah. It, it was a while because when my dad was here, so it was, it was twenty, basically nineteen or twenty weeks ago. Okay, because it was one episode per week for twenty weeks running, um, and I remember thinking that I was going to be doing a lot more, like kind of a, an in depth. Yeah, so it was four months ago. It was like, I guess it was called Up and Adam with my dad here. So welcome to season eight, and we had uh, just right after the Ireland trip was the end of season seven when I went to see Mark. Got to fly my drone, almost lost it in the ocean multiple times. Ooh, that's right. Yeah, well, that'll happen. The more you fly the drone, the closer you are to losing it. Take these risks. <laughs> <laughs> and it reminds me of uh, me losing my drone in, on the Pacific Coast Highway, what is it, Highway 1? Yeah. Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah, I'm actually going to make a video of it because it's it quite the story. I won't get into it. It's Isn't free. this the one where, like, didn't it end up on the, some, you, it was like on the, a hillside somewhere and you just couldn't figure out where it was? Pretty much, I lost track of it and I couldn't see it anymore and I could just see how far it was in terms of feet and every time I thought it was going, it was getting closer, then it would reset and it was further away. <sighs> it's definitely like some kind of glitch and yep. then all of a sudden, I thought I was going to crash on to the traffic is like oh this is bad that and is then bad. it kind of just went into the the hills and then i couldn't find it but <sighs> oh, if you want to find out how i en eventually did find it i'll be making a video soon. youtube no also. no problem you made a youtube video though yeah no promises on when that's coming out uh, i gotta figure some other stuff in the meantime but uh yeah. hey no pressure soonish this year we do miss your <laughs> youtube videos he did do a, a recap of 2021 which is really good yeah I, I have a few videos coming up on youtube yeah that will 
Beautiful stuff. It always inspires me. I, I, Thank I, you. There's some, I, remember, I forget, there are a couple of, of shots that you took when we were in India that I definitely stole later. I, I remember. Yeah. You know. Well, not stole. I told you I was doing the it. The best so. form of flattery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was inspired. I, that's one of the reasons I really love traveling with you. You're going to get a letter from my lawyer. We are way off. Yeah, exactly. We're way off where we were starting, but... Um, yeah, why are we talking about me? Well, hey, season no, eight. Yeah. I'm always happy to talk about you. Um, we were not in India this season. That We were not. We'll go back, though. I definitely want to go back. Um... Well, I, so what I was saying, though, is I thought I actually had a whole list of like what I thought I was going to talk about. Like I, I was like, here's a theme for every video. And I thought I was going to get back into that form of vlogging that I did when I was daily vlogging that I thought of as the highest form of that for me, which is where I had a theme for the day. So I was telling a story mm. from my life, something out out in the distant past or whatever that had a thematic point to it and then going out and living my life through the day and then using the day and the day's events to illustrate the point that I was trying to make. Yes. Which didn't always happen, but it, it did when my mind was there, it did seem to like serendipitously happen, you know, as you're, cause you're looking at the day in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of gives a theme and then, yeah, it flows. Yeah. yeah. And I, I totally thought, okay, like this is, I'm going to, I'm going to manage to like do this every week for the next 20 weeks. <laughs> And here's like the whole thing we're going to go through, like where I felt like I, I'm at a, I'm at this new place, this new chapter in life in a lot of ways. Um, so how did I get here? How did like my mental health, how did I get through burnout? How did I get all the way to this point where now, like, I feel like I'm doing so much better here. And I, I highlighted a theme, like a stepping stone from each all the way to the end of this season. And I got like two episodes in and I was like, I, no, like, let's just move. Let's just go forward. Forget the past. Let's just go. And so I threw the whole plan out the window, right? The be- so I didn't even know what I was doing at the beginning of this. Just to crumple it and threw it out the window, yeah. I mean, sometimes it's good to do a big reset, I think, you know? Yeah. Really? It worked it, out. It works, yeah. I think I think people liked it. I did a bunch of, well, it's interesting because looking back through this, like I did a whole bunch of also like experimental videos, like the one where we went to Mont Saint-Michel. Right. So giving, getting my driver's license. Yeah. The Emily in Paris one was different. There's a handful of ones that I threw in there that were like scripted and planned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you were, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's always, you know, there's room for different kind of styles I feel on your, on your vlogs, right? Yeah. Well, and I want to do more, I just, I want to experiment more, but I think that's so this year, this season, the last four months, I feel good about it, but I feel, I think what helps me feel good about it is also that things are changing up for at least the foreseeable future with focusing a little bit more on the Paris in my pocket stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And I feel like I might increase the the regularity that I do garage monologues, whether that's video or um, uh, audio, however you want to consume that. And I'm just starting that for patrons and then releasing it publicly later once we've figured all this out, assuming that people like it. But this, I think this is a good... Uh, I feel like a podcast is a really good opportunity, like this format, to talk about personal stuff, about life, about where I'm at, behind the scenes, all that kind of stuff that I think people have come to expect to some degree from my vlogs while then opening it up to a broader audience by going a little bit deeper on the Paris stuff, Mm -hmm. like offering useful information for your trip to Paris, how that's going to go. That's picking up again now with the, you know, travel starting up again. So that's great. Yeah. And it's a little behind the scenes, you know? Yeah. Well we can, and that's the thing you can behind the scenes here easier. I think I'm going to take a break from vlogging for a little bit here. And then sporadically vlog, like we're going to go to Barcelona soon. I'm going to the States in the summer. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of vlogging there. Lots of stuff that I could vlog about. Um, But I just kind of feel like there's, um, 
it's a time to make a little bit of a transition and kind of professionalize some of the video stuff, like not totally drop vlogging, but also add like a significant chunk of like the Paris stuff is what people generally find me for mm-hmm. what they, a, a certain number of people come to expect. Yeah. You're, you're the Paris, you're the Paris guy. You're, I am, yeah. The well, American Paris guy. And I've always avoided being the Paris. I didn't want to be the Paris guy. And now I feel like, Oh no, like this makes sense. I feel I really, I think I avoided it because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be like a Rick Steves type or something. Not nothing against Rick Steves if he ever sees this, but like for me, tourism is not what I was ever interested in. I shared about this on a video recently, but like that passion, I have a passion. I love the city, Mm -hmm. even if I need more breaks from the city, but that's also after COVID, like we need breaks from where we've been stuck. True. Yeah. Yeah. Change of scenery. Change of scenery would be really good, but, um, and they're coming, but like I, I, what made me get into doing the, um, the Louvre video and the Metro video and all these videos that introduced me to most people, the Louvre video and the Metro video still do, they still are always performing as like in the top five videos every month. Um, they've never gone viral, but they're always doing well. And it's that thing of like, I did that because people, I heard people talking about how the Metro was confusing and I was like, how is it confusing? And then you're like, okay, well, I guess you've never used it before. Yeah, I can see that. And then that becomes intimidating and frustrating. And then that taints your entire experience with yeah. the city. Yeah. And so then it's like, Oh, I don't want people to have a bad experience with the city. Like, let me figure out how to help them have a better start. And so that, that I really enjoyed doing cause I wanted to quell the, whatever struggles people had coming to Paris. But then I've, and you know this, like I found myself spinning my wheels trying to make like touristy content that I was like, ah, yeah. What am I doing? <laughs> but I lost the thread. So yes, yeah, so you're sticking to the more, uh, useful stuff. I mean, honestly, the Metro stuff, I thought about that one because I was in Barcelona a few months ago and mm. I've been there multiple times and I don't have issues with the Metro there. But as soon as you get to a different city, yeah. just the fact that the signage is different, also different languages, it kind of just throws you off. So it takes you a minute. To, so it's good that, you know, people can watch those videos before they get there. And, you know, they don't need to know the top five most Instagram Instagrammable, you know, locations because they already know them, you know. Yeah. But that stuff, I think, is way more useful. Yeah. yeah, when you were in that video too, the top yeah. five Instagramable locations. That's right. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a fun video. Yeah, it was fun. I, I think like, uh, I'm not surprised that the Metro one does really well because people are, that's the kind of thing that makes you a little nervous, you know, when, totally. you're, when you haven't been to Paris yet. Well, and that's why I've, I've, it's, I need to make a video specifically just about like getting from the airport to the city. That's a good one too. A lot of options. And I've touched on it, but it's funny because I've never done it because it just, it's so much more work to get out there myself. Don't get onto those fake caps. Do not do tip fake number cabs. one. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, and the guide, I have a whole thing written out about that. And it's so funny because I, I was thinking like the 25 tips video that I made recently, I had like four or five tips about taxis. And at the time when I was editing it, I was just like, why did I do so many taxi tips? Like, is this really <laughs> a thing? And then literally three or four days later, I had a friend write me. She just texted me and she's like, um, are there fake taxis in Paris? And I was like, yes. Are you okay? What's happened? Like, where are you? That's right. Yeah. And then she told me this whole ridiculous story about um, how she got into a fake taxi. And the guy basically just wanted a kiss in exchange for a ride. And Super sketch. So yeah. sketchy. Oh. Um, everything's fine. She's fine. Yeah, good. It's a funny story now because everything's fine. And, and I don't think she got cold sores from the experience. But <laughs> what, like, what a... Dude, what a brutal... Also, I did put, I did mark this podcast wise as explicit. I'm not intending to swear at all, but I just figured. Oh, so I could let loose? You can just be <laughs> yourself, man. This is, it's like the grandstand. <laughs> yeah, the uh, grandstand is definitely explicit. Yeah, very yeah. explicit, yeah. <laughs> Even our intro has a bit of, yeah. 
They're just people got to know when they're getting into and yeah, for sure. Yeah, I got to have an intro too. Actually, I got to think. Maybe do I? I don't know. We'll see. You had a good intro for your previous podcast. I like. I remember. Yeah. I was thinking actually about asking because I'm going to reach out to Diala, the woman that does. Uh, she, I've used your a music, lot of her music. Yeah. yeah. And then she's made custom music for me. Um, I think I'm going to reach out to her and ask her to make a podcast theme for the Paris. And my, so that's one of the things I haven't. So I'm doing this. The reason that I'm doing this is is that we and we were talking about talking about the future. The reason that I'm doing. Uh, this is a podcast right now, partially because I, I really like podcasting and I, and I miss it, and I, but I have refused to do it because I've been too busy. And now that I'm focused in and I know exactly what I'm doing and why, and I've sidelined every other project for the time being, podcasting makes sense because uh, with Paris in my pocket, the plan is to, to launch a podcast this fall with it, um, still developing the show idea and, the, and everything that's going to go into it. But as a show that's dedicated towards helping you plan your trip to Paris, giving you ideas, a lot of the content will hopefully be evergreen. So whoever's stumbling upon it whenever will uh, be like, oh, this is helpful for me now, even though this podcast came out a year ago, with segments in it that are like, this week, you won't want to miss this event happening over here. Mm, great. So different guests and different interests. So that one will always have guests. This one will be like, we'll see when guests come and when they don't. Um, I asked Bouchon to be my guest because I wanted to share some good champagne um, and because I just love having him around. Anyways, speaking of which, I, will have more. I won't say no to champagne. <laughs> How can you say no to champagne? I mean, really, but um, that's the, that's what this is going to be a trial run. And then my thought is that when we do that, I want to do a live component to it. So I want to live stream the recording process. And then I want to cut that down into a video uh, for YouTube as well as podcast will be about they'll be the exact same thing between the two depending on which you prefer because those are two very different audiences and then yeah I, then i just there's something so much fun about doing podcasts um yeah i mean i listen to a lot of podcasts i found myself listening to more podcasts now than like even watching series do you really yeah yeah just when, recent, when, when yeah. do you when do you listen to podcasts well so i i work from home a lot when i'm not shooting i do a lot of editing so when i'm editing i can i can just throw in a podcast or i've i've actually stopped listening to music while I work and I listen mm -hmm. to podcasts just to catch up on current, current affairs, uh, catch up on my formula one news, tennis news, uh, just world news in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, that just makes everything go by super quickly. Yeah. It's nice. I, I listen to them when I'm running or in the gym. Yeah. That too. Yeah. yeah. And I would, I used to listen to them on the Metro, but I try not to get on the Metro anymore if I can. Yeah. That, that little doggy backpack, by the way, hurt just like, was killing my shoulders. They're feeling better today, thankfully. So at least it's not like yeah, it does not look permanent comfortable. damage. But yeah. no, it looks like comfortable a, for Cooper. He's fine, yeah. but it's like a kid backpack for a, a child to carry a dog in is what it feels like. It's killing my shoulders. Yeah, it looks a little funny. Well, I'm gonna get another one. I've had multiple requests, multiple recommendations to try Little Chunk. The is, I guess it's a TikToker that put it together, but it's a backpack that should uh, but, be uh, really yeah. for dogs. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So that's the plan. So I'm gonna the the upcoming stuff i mean with him with cooper i'm pointing to his little fortress i don't, also don't know if you noticed i nobody's ever made a comment about it it's funny but i built like a little fortress for him around his kennel because it, just to make sure he stayed warm but also because like the first time i left him here by himself and i went for a run he broke out of the top managed to push the, the that's cage right open. yeah so i put a kettlebell on top of it so he can't do that um he's never tried anything like that again so i probably don't need it anymore but now i'm just used to having it there yeah but I've, I've always wondered if people look at that and go like, what, what is going on there? Like, there's just so many blankets and shit. Like, <laughs> it's just a pile of dirty laundry that you're hiding. Yeah, that. exactly. It's my, my underwear is directly yeah, behind it. Cooper is somewhere in the middle of that. He loves my dirty underwear. It just makes him feel so comfortable. He would though, right? He yeah, would. He, he that, my, that my, I do keep my clothes over here, my dirty clothes <laughs> over here, and he loves walking right through them. So 
I'm always worried that he's going to take a, take a little bit of a break on them, but. Um, so uh, people want to know: Is Cooper going to get his own Instagram at some point? Absolutely not. <laughs> You're not going to go down that <laughs> yeah. road. Yeah. Well, I th- I already have too much work to do as it is. Like uh, he can, he's already taken over my Instagram. I feel like that. Yes, yeah, yeah. Would you want him to have his own Instagram, and why? Uh, I don't know. I just I find it funny. I I yeah. I'm, so I've been getting I've been watching a lot of TikTok videos. So not really posting much, but yeah, uh, a lot of good dog content there. And that doesn't piss me off yet. Usually I get pissed off at, you know, dog accounts on Instagram, but the TikTok ones are pretty good. And, you know, I'm, uh, you know, warming up to that idea. I added him to TikTok. He's got some videos on TikTok, but. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, doesn't necessarily need it, but I mean, he could become a superstar. That's all I'm saying. It's true. I think we're just going to focus on letting the superstar come through YouTube and hopefully that, (laughs) hopefully that works. He won't be doing podcasts clearly. So. Not yet. Yeah. You can do some ASMR Ah, later. Yeah. We just let him (laughs) chew his, uh, his cheese. On on, a, uh, on a that probably that probably exists already. Dogs doing uh, dogs for ASMR. Dog, dog I bet ASMR? you that yeah. does actually. I do not want to look that up, but I bet you that dog chewing bone I is. Check, an, I want to check that out later. That is an ASMR thing <laughs> for sure. Okay, so no Cooper Instagram. No Cooper Instagram. I don't yeah, think so. You've got a lot of projects going on. Yeah, I have too much going on. I've already had to cut out so many fun things. What you could do is just get him like a. Like an agency, so he it's becomes true. like I a could he do that. Just becomes a, a dog model. Just let him do something. Because the thing is, honestly, like I want, I already don't want to spend any time on Instagram. Yeah, like I, 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 I don't open it. I find myself opening it to check for messages from like three people that refuse to message me any other way. Yeah, and then why do people still use Instagram for messaging? I don't know. It's the worst messaging. Maybe, maybe that's a whole podcast in itself. It, actually, maybe. Yeah. But it's a thing. This is also speaking of podcast things in the future as well. We could always talk about. This I feel like this is a good venue to talk about like dating in Paris, which we won't do now because I feel like that's just Oof, yeah. In but women, I feel like maybe men do this too. I don't ask men out, so I don't know. But when you meet women and they want either to give you their number or to get yours, they almost invariably ask for your Instagram. I feel it's like. true. I think it's like a safer bet, also, right? They can kind of vet yeah. you right then and there, right? Like yeah, I mean, uh, you know, everyone does their own stalking. You know, yeah, we all know what it's like. But then get, I don't want to get off of Instagram as fast as possible. I don't want to talk on it because you can't search. So yeah, if, if you meet a girl, you know, at the gym or something and you give your Instagram, she's going to see Senior Cooper. She will, she will see Senior Cooper. She's going to love it. Yeah. You want to tell the people what Nelson's name for him is? Yeah. So Nelson is our friend. He's uh, from Ecuador. So he's got, uh, you know, he's uh, the Latin guy from the crew and he calls Cooper uh, Senor Fuentes. Senor Fuentes. And I don't know if you know, but my name for Cooper was, my suggestion was Nacho. I was very disappointed when it wasn't chosen. It's for you, Lindsay. I think he's remotely bitter. <laughs> Lin- Lindsay. Uh, no, I'm not bitter. But I think his alias could be uh, Senor Nacho Fuentes. I like it. Or Senor F for short. Mm-hmm. Senor F. I like that. When, when we don't want him to know we're talking about him, we'll call him Senor F. Fuentes. Fuentes. So long it takes me to figure out that we're talking about him. <laughs> I can't. We, we, I covered it with a blanket because he's, for whatever reason, he's struggling to settle right now. So I covered the thing with the, this giant red blanket that your mom gave me, actually. Oh, yeah. So I, I, if we have it completely covered, I can definitely hear him occasionally in there, but I think he's settled. I have no idea what he's doing. I can hear him snoring a bit. Senor Fuentes, yeah. 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 Well, the thing is, he snores when he's awake sometimes, too, so it doesn't necessarily... It's true, yeah. Except that when he does it, it's cute. When when, it's, when I snore in public, <laughs> it's like, get a, get a grip of yourself. You're in your 30s, bro. Like, right. 
He's adorable. It's true. Getting back to him being a model. Yeah. Uh, so he is. He's model material. He, yeah. Right clearly. I mean, that's that's a fact. But he's also he has that look of like he just doesn't care. So he already has the attitude. Yep. He's French now, I guess. Yep. He was he, born here. Yeah, he's born he's here. He's got a French passport. Um, he could be one of those models that doesn't even need social media. You know, he's that good that he shows like, up on set. He doesn't even care. It's like it's true. Yeah. I could. We we could see if we could hire him out for some for some. That's. You know, it's it's. I feel like that's more ethical than studying him out. I'll least. be his agent. I just, I take twenty percent forever. All right, let's do yeah. it. Get him some work. Let's go. Deal. <laughs> Paw. <laughs> Paw shake. <laughs> I haven't taught him to shake yet, actually, because I don't want him to like start. I, I think he's probably old enough to learn. But I I I heard or somewhere along the line they said don't be careful teaching them to shake too early because then it'll turn into begging. Mm. Like they'll put their paw on you to beg. Uh, and thankfully he's not a beggar. Ninety percent of the time. Or more, no. I think. I think when he, yeah, when he's he begs, good. it's just coincidental. He's just coming up to you when you happen to have food. So he's good. His walking's coming along. Anyways, we're just getting off on Cooper now. Everybody's <laughs> everybody's here. We should have a section just Cooper updates, I suppose. Yeah, the Cooper section. If you have also, this is an opportunity as well because this is a new thing. My my intention with um obviously the garage monologues are an opportunity for me to talk the way that I used to, as far as like this is just where I'm at, real real talk. What I'm struggling like struggling with. Speaking of Cooper, um, I've just been really like irritable the last couple of days. And yeah. I don't know what it is, but like, and I think it's unfortunately coinciding with him pushing his boundaries a little bit. And like, he's adjusting to a weird sleep stuff. And like, so it's just, it's bad timing on that front. But like, I don't know what it is that I've been so irritable about. Part of it's probably not sleeping quite as well, whatever. Yeah. We also changed, you know, we had like the springtime. Yeah. The hour change yeah. it started snowing the other day. In April, uh, it's gotten me. I don't know if you can hear my voice, but I've been struggling recently. Yeah, and you're doing a good job not coughing right now. Actually. Yeah, we Shouldn't brought it up actually. Sorry, but and now that's all they're gonna say. <laughs> no, yeah, we were wearing like a few weeks, like oh, no, a few like five days ago. It was spring weather. People were wearing t-shirts and shorts even. And mm. yesterday it was snow. Day before yesterday it was snowing, and now it's freezing cold. So cold. I don't know what it was, but it definitely been. I've been. <clears throat> in, I feel like it's also. I've had them for two months. And you have that like twenty four seven thing where you're like I just want to break, which is really nice because you left him with your mom for an afternoon. Yeah, we went to see the Godfather. Yeah. That was great. He's staying with you this week. I'm gonna go see Moulin Rouge. Yes, I'm gonna. Yeah, you're you're gonna get your first outing. Yeah, my first overnight. Yeah, his first overnight. Hopefully with somebody else. he'll survive. Hopefully I don't mess it up. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> just don't give him any chocolate or arsenic. And Nutella, sure Nutella's fine for yeah, dogs, right? That's, yeah. that's hazelnuts. Yeah, I mean, that's what I had. Yeah. Had mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, nah, we'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be good. Well, it was cool to see. I, I was genuinely mostly worried about him, like, being too much for your mom. Uh, and it was great. Like, yeah. they got along perfectly. Yeah, he's a good, he's a good dog. Yeah. yeah. He's a good dog. I think it's that thing where it's like he's, you work with him so much to try and make him the best dog possible. Somebody recently was like, you're doing a good job. I know you're just showing the best. But, and I was like, it's true. I'm, I'm, I generally am selecting for, like, good moments. But he's never bad. Like there's there's occasional moments that I would never be able to capture where he just stands there and stares at me instead of listening to me. Yeah, I mean he, he is a puppy, right? He's so puppy. he he's gonna he's gonna start like defying a bit. You he know, he started and, rolling over on his own finally. Didn't catch that on camera, but yeah. So this week's been a bit uh, weird. Then you said it's uh, yeah, it's been a bit weird. But I was I, that was all leading into the intentions of what I want to do here, which in a conversational format, it's always going to get off uh, derailed a little bit, but. I think part of it is, and this is what I'm curious for feedback on for those of you that are uh, the the podcast fans, or I mean, Garage Monologue. Is this okay? Is this is this a format that you're okay with as a Garage Monologue? 
I'm thinking maybe every other one. If I do it every other week, then like every other one could just be me. And then the other ones could have friends come. Thinking mm-hmm. of having like Lindsay and Paul and Nathan, just, in, you know, interesting, fun friends come by, chat, fill people in what's going on with them as well. But then it's, uh, yeah, to talk about what's going on behind the scenes, just regular life stuff, kind of make this more of a personal step, like kind of a filler for where the vlog, especially for people that miss having like the daily vlog, like, hey, let's just talk about life, what's going on, um, fill you in on what's happening, what I'm excited about, what's hard, what's good, all that kind of stuff. Um, And then go from there. Obviously, it's a little bit more rambly this way. Probably will be relatively unedited, which I think is fun. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. What are your What are your thoughts on that? Because you're listening to podcasts all the time. Yeah, I think it's great, and a lot of the pod, some some of the podcasts I listen to have that video component as well. Yeah, uh, it's mostly like the the Formula One ones where you you know you there's like watch alongs as well. It's yeah. it's it's just a different way of uh, consuming media, and I think it's nice for people to get. Uh, you know, podcasts. I I always think that podcasts are very edited, but I do like when I see the video because you can tell how much they edit, and usually yeah. it's not that much. Yeah, you know, so it's kind of the raw behind the scenes and it just gets you closer to your audience as well, I think. Well, and I think that that's what's nice about the conversational format because like the Paris in My Pocket one, I'm thinking of being a very, very well-formatted show where it's like, here are the segments. Yeah. Here's how we do everything. Here's your sponsor, insert whatever. And I mean, I'm open to having sponsors for this too. But if I were to do a sponsor for this, it'd be like, okay, it'd be a part of it. We'd be like, all right, now we're going to read it and joke about it and then move on. Yeah. That kind of a thing. Do you have any like... um ethical uh like how far would you go for sponsors how far would i go for sponsors no how far like would, would you get because i hear a lot of I, I podcasts being sponsored bar. by some weird kind of products oh yeah no yeah. i mean same thing with like my vlog i'd only work with people that i yeah. actually like there's a lot of them a lot of the vpn ones yeah but then there's there's one i, I listen to the, it's like it's an f1 podcast produced by formula one and there's is uh it's like a for men, it's like it's called it's called like a ball, uh, the ball shaver shaver, or whatever. Yeah, I've seen that that one's like, and I hear on different podcasts, and I was like, wow, they're really marketing. You know, I uh, mean, podcasts. I don't know that my audience. Well, I don't know if my audience is super into ball shaving, but I was thinking, how does that happen? How do you get those sponsors? Those ones, (laughs) they they just know your demographic is very male (laughs) and very young. Formula Um, One, bunch of dudes. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's that's how it is. I don't think that's my demographic, but I thought about because I had a couple language learning sites reaching out this week. I generally say no. I get a lot of requests for this stuff, and especially in France, for those of you that don't know, like there's no money in sponsorships and advertising in yeah. creative work here. It's not the same economic model. As the States. Yeah. It's, people, don't, people don't respect it in a lot of ways, but then they, people don't respect business ownership. I think that's the other thing. I, one of the things I struggle with, there's so many, this is where I wanted, this is actually why I want to do a podcast because I feel like there's so much we could talk about in this, these arenas. One of the things I really struggle with is that I've worked so hard to be self-employed in a business owner of my own and just like right. be self-sufficient. And it it's actually almost works against you in France. The whole system is set up to support employees. And then the, the culture is also like, like s- suspicious and jealous of success in a way that like, not that I'm super successful, but like mm. kind of gets in the way of, whereas in the States, People looking at you like, you own your own business? Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Tell me about it. Yeah, they encourage you more, yeah. Here, I think, they're like, Ugh. I think it's a newer thing also, but it's it's starting, you know, it's starting, more and more Changing. people are doing that. It also helps that I'm American. So like when I, because the YouTubers <coughs> right. that I know, like French, whatever, there's, French YouTubers are actually demographically underrepresented because it's, it is, the culture does not support it in the same way. 
and especially female uh, creators. Really? Yeah. And that might be changing now with the pandemic, but pre-pandemic, I know that they were one of the lowest in Europe. Guess what? We reached that part of the episode where I get to thank the sponsor of this episode, which is NordVPN. NordVPN has been sponsoring me uh, for a little while now on a number of my videos, and I've been using them for even longer. I had NordVPN before they reached out and uh, asked me to represent them. So I can say with all honesty that as far as VPNs go, they are the one to go with. I enjoy them. They work great for me. They help me to get access to all kinds of content that I cannot get access to here in France. As we're in the midst of discussing French YouTube and all that kind of stuff, it's good to know that you always have an option and a friend in NordVPN. One of the most obvious examples that comes to mind is getting English subtitles. There are movies out there that are not made in English that I would like to be able to read in English. And believe it or not, despite the fact that I'm fluent in French, I don't really want to spend the entirety of a movie reading French subtitles. It feels a little bit more like homework than pleasure. I mean, subtitles already are, feel like homework, not pleasure, if we're being totally honest. So NordVPN helps me to get around that by going to an Anglophone country, or at least digitally going to an Anglophone country, and then watching the content from there, whether it's a movie or a skit or whatever it is, and magically, auto-magically, the option for English subtitles pops up. Because even with certain very large streaming services that I could mention but won't, it's not always an option when you're watching from France. NordVPN is going to give you access to all kinds of content from all over the world that you wouldn't be able to get. Anyways, highly recommend. Give them a chance. To download it, go to nordvpn.com slash jswansonvpn. That's nordvpn.com slash jswansonvpn. Make sure to add the VPN part so they know that I sent you from the podcast. We were very specific about that. And then activate it and pop over to some other country digitally and see what kind of interesting changes arise in your media consumption. And now with that, back to the episode. When I tell people I'm a YouTuber, because I, I feel there's no way for me to get around it unless I'm going to lie, basically. Anytime I'm like, oh, I make videos. So like, about what? And I'm like, myself. I don't know. You know, like, um, I, I do say I do porn a lot, actually, just to get a reaction. I'll just be like, yeah, I'm in porn. OnlyFans.com no, yeah, slash Chase Wons. I should get that. I should just get that for the heck of it. And we should, we can just put videos of Cooper exactly. chewing on his cheese. That's a good idea. That's Cooper's Instagram is on OnlyFans. Not clickbait. Anymore. Not clickbait. Yeah. That's yeah. That I should I should set that up. Um, <laughs> and it's literally just 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 shots of him sitting there chewing on something. It'll be amazing. You want an eight k, uh, just <laughs> live to, feed of Cooper. You have to pay twenty five yeah. bucks for these two photos. Um, and so, but I, you know, like for me, it's interesting because I do, and I think on the business owner side, I suffer mostly from the system being set up to be like unfriendly to business owners. So when I'm dealing with URSAF or I'm dealing with any of these official oh, yeah, you had, administrative things, I get screwed. Did you, I mean, did you share that yourself? Uh, I don't know if I shared yeah. the full story. I mentioned it. That's one of the, I actually was thinking about, I wanted to share that. We're at 32 minutes. Uh, maybe, maybe that could be like a, its own podcast. Almost. I feel like that it's, should be its own podcast. It's pretty deep. Yeah. I'll share that story the next time. So like the, basically that can be the actual monologue uh, that I'll do after this and release in two weeks. Um, but basically, like, I suffer from the system, banks, loans, everything is set up to, like, it's not friendly to the business, thank you, um, to the business owner. It's very friendly to the employee. Fair enough. Like, in some ways, I really respect that they that they really care for, pe- for employees. That's fine. But, like, I come from a culture that uh, admires the entrepreneur. And the hustle. 
right? Which is a French word as well. Uh, and so, like, I have the benefit of being American, though, where when I meet other, like, French YouTubers or business owners or whatever, they get more flack from their peers than I do. So I get, if you had to, if you had to, and obviously Pouchon is French, so we can see how this, how he, what he thinks about this, but... Um, if you sat me next to a French YouTuber and you got the same question from a French questioner and they said, what do you do for a living? If I say I'm a YouTuber, the, the response is always like, oh, tell me more about that. And it has always been that. Yeah. People are generally intrigued. Yeah. But if it's a French person that says they're a YouTuber, there's going to be suspicion. They're going to be like, what do you mean? That's not real. That's not a real job. Yeah. <laughs> and it's purely because they sound French when they speak French and I sound not French when I speak French. You know, like there's there's a real difference there. Part of it also, they, they probably expect like, oh, it's an expat uh, living in France. So, you know, there's, you've, you know, passed so many more hurdles yeah. than just someone who's trying to be YouTuber here. It's all these different things that are happening in the background, I feel. It's true. They're, they assume like you had to struggle more, so you made it. So you're obviously more serious. I don't know. Maybe it's part of it. That could be it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm really curious about it, but I, I think especially when I was teaching in like French high schools and stuff, you just see how the kids, this is a French education conversation to have, but like you see how the kids are just beaten down instead of built up. Yeah. And I think that the YouTube type stuff, like if you want to be a YouTuber, you need people in your life that are building you up mm -hmm. to go after something like, like that. It's, it's already so demoralizing as it is. Like if you're, yeah. if you're not getting encouraged, you know, to continue, it's yeah, you quit pretty quickly. Yeah, so you're going to be toast most likely. So I don't know. Think about that. Um, tell the people, where should they follow you on TikTok and everything? Um, he's, he's posting on TikTok too. Yeah. So TikTok is a new thing. So we'll save that for another one. But uh, so if you want to check out my photography, I do travel, food, uh, and F1 as well. Uh, my, uh, let's say my professional one is at P-U-X-A-N photo, Pushan photo. If you want to follow my F1 uh, photography, it's um, at F1 mode push. It's a little play on uh, my name. And also mode push is a technical term in F1. If anyone out there has F1 connections, uh, yeah, give me a call. Please do. Yeah. Actually, he's a phenomenal photographer. Check out his photography and connect him with somebody that can get him in the paddock. Yeah. I'm going to do a podcast soon on like talking about the mafia, like uh, the mafia of F1 or motorsports photography. Dude, it's a closed circle. Yeah. It's a closed circle. I mean, it's not a mafia in a bad way, but it's just like it's hard. They don't let people in. Oh, yeah, for sure. Which is understandable, but also makes it. A little frustrating. Yeah. It's kind of like you entering, you know, the French system. You know, you got to really. I've decided just to operate outside of it as much as possible. So <laughs> kind of have to. Um, and let us know too, like this, I, I kind of thought I'd keep this to about a 30 minute format to start, but I, you can see how it could easily go for an hour. Yeah. It, it could definitely also go way longer. I yeah, think. exactly. Uh, Which is fine. I think a lot of people like those podcasts. Maybe there's two versions. Maybe there's a 30 minute video and an hour long, or maybe we just do an hour long. Yeah. Hey, Joe Rogan know. does three hours, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he does three, four hours. So we could let, let leave the people wanting more, but I don't want to assume you actually enjoy. We got to see. We got to see, like you know, how yeah. it goes. Tell us, we haven't finished the think. bottle of champagne. That's the, here's the question for you. How are you feeling? I'm feeling better after. I the, know this is kind of this is nice. Yeah. The coffee didn't help earlier, but this is helping. We were just gonna wrap it up, but maybe we keep it going because we could talk. We I could tell the Ursaf story now. Yeah, go for it. Because we, we teased it, so... If you want to, yeah. We could do. I feel like there's just so much to talk about when it comes to, like, life and business and stuff here, but... The, the, and because this is kind of going to... Only patrons are really going to see this anyways, because mm. even if it goes public in a month, not nobody goes into the backlog, or very few, right? So 
the thing is, and I'm sure about this, but I haven't shared a lot of the numbers. So, like, whether or not... You, basically, the French government's already actively taking a very large portion of anything that I make, which is fine. That's the way taxes and everything works. And I'm grateful to have systems that function. The problem came in that what they were doing... When I switched from being what's called an auto-entrepreneur, which is the French attempt at making something like a sole proprietorship, uh, but has significant limits on it and is just kind of not ideal. When you move from being an entrepreneur, you don't, there's not a middle ground where you're like, I'm making, you know, X and it's just over Y, which I was allowed to make. So I'm in the middle, you know, they're like, no, now you have to be a full corporation where you're paying. Yes. Like I pay 350 euros a month just to have an accountant, which I'm legally required to have. I do think you need to Could find review somebody. that because I've heard people pay less. Just yeah. It's true, but finding, this but chat finding one is the yeah. hard part. Yeah. Like finding it, one you trust. It, and it, finding one you trust, and it takes for so long just to find anybody. So it's, it can be done, but I've tried, and everybody that I've tried with either never gets back to you or they you know, they, they just they, they end up signaling in advance, like, warning, warning, you know, don't actually hire me in the end. So I do need to find somebody. And it could could get cheaper, but it's still not cheap no matter what you do. And then you then you have to pay them to actually file your taxes at the end of the year. And again, this is a legal requirement. You have to have a French comptable. You can't, you cannot have a business without one. It's like having a CPA, you're required to have one. Yeah. And that, that status, which originally uh, wasn't, you, you, you said an attempt to do a sole proprietorship. It was also something they came out with for people who had a job, like a full-time job to do something on the side because legally right. you didn't have a way. So instead of doing two different things, which have been easier, they have this kind of middle ground, which doesn't really work for anyone. It's super complicated. And yeah, then there's the next step is just way further. It's just too far. There needs to be an intermediate yeah. you know, step. Or they just make a sole proprietorship. Yeah, because the States is perfect. I mean, honestly, in the States, you can... You can make millions and never yeah. have an LLC or anything. It's all about liability in the end, but, yeah. you know, or, and I mean, I don't know. I'm yeah, it's, it's anything, tax but, structure. Yeah. Is it, yeah, and so, like, yeah, well, and that's the thing is, like, this moves you in, yeah, moves you into a, a ballpark that you can't play in, basically, like, right off the bat. And so I went from, and the problem is because you can't deduct anything, we're getting in, now we're getting into the weeds, so I will, yeah. let me, let me, we can go, we can do a deeper version of this for anybody that actually is interested in like opening a business in France and why it might be a bad idea. But, um, <laughs> when you are a sole proprietor in the States, for those of you that don't know, just by existing as like a citizen, you are a sole proprietor. You're allowed to just make money and then report it. Um, and there's no limit to that. And it's just, you know, it's a liability issue like we were talking about. And also there are advantages to building a tax structure later, blah, blah, blah. Here, that's not the case because again, it's an employer uh, unfriendly employee, very friendly structure. Like they assume everybody's going to have a contract is going to be working for an employer. And so either you work for a company that can afford employees or you are a company that can afford employees. That's it. There's no like side hustle gone like full time. There's no like whatever they do have other statuses like, um, uh intermittent things like that where you're a gig worker and Ooh, yeah you, it's a whole different there's yeah. a, and then you have guilds and you have all these other things that are archaic and ridiculous but that do exist but those work though the and uh, they, the they can work. work but the, there's also like the i think i think this is one of your status right when you're like a one person enterprise right one person yes. company but it still is not easy well the yeah. thing is that it's you have to have in order for it to really work you have to have a revenue that's high enough to justify it basically yeah but and they force you into it before you have that revenue there's a lot of fixed costs 
Yes. And my costs are actually very strongly fixed, even though I don't have like, I don't rent a space. I, my staff are like paid a very small amount. Like Kate, I still pay a little bit here and there. I used to have more people that worked with me realized that that was not necessarily the best idea. I'm all pro bono. (laughs) He's all pro bono. He's a good, you should definitely go follow him because like he's just doing it out of friendship and kindness. We're not a corporation here, you know, corporation helping, helping friends out. Absolutely. And so with the, um, yeah, hashtag not sponsored by Pushan. Um, so the, or vice versa, the, (laughs) um, and so basically what happens is that they then not only put you in the status where my expenses went way up. I didn't have to have an accountant before. All of a sudden I do. And the reason that it happened was because I had the Kickstarter for my book That's right. that pulled in like 13,000 or something like that. And that put me over the limit of like seven, 70,000 euros in revenue. I, did, I, I got maybe 2,000 of that for myself. The rest of it went into like production, whatever else, like editing, design and so forth. I think, well, maybe I got a little bit more than that, but I think maybe only two because you decided to pay taxes on it. So you, you set aside like 40% for taxes and charges and stuff right off the bat just to be safe. And then you have your production costs and you're buying everything up front. So it's thousands and thousands of dollars to pay for hundreds of books up front, blah, blah, blah. All that to say, I maybe took home 2000 let's say $3,000. But the French government said, yeah, but you got 13000 So you're now over the limit and legally you can no longer be this lower status, this auto entrepreneur status, you have to incorporate. They they t- they let you break that rule twice, but then they I think they fine you the second time. And so oh, everybody was like, "You have to get out." And so I was like, "Okay." So then I found an accountant, did the whole thing, thought that I was making good choices. It's debatable to this day, and um, became a a corporation. But it's it's kind of like the the equivalent of an LLC. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an EURL, so it's a pass pass through tax entity. My taxes are it's it gets confusing as far as how exactly it works out, and that played out later because what I didn't realize was that the way that they do it, where I was paying quarterly, I was saying this is what I made, this is the amount that I pay every quarter, and just paying before. What happened with this, COVID made this complicated too because they put a hold on charging people for a while. But what happened was they ended up saying, hey, you uh, made this revenue like the uh, last quarter, whatever, or the first two quarters of uh, your existence. So we're going to take that, extrapolate it out for two years, add 20% to that. This is what you're going to have made in two years. And then we're going to charge you for that now. Yeah, they project your future earnings, yeah. right? And, Based off revenue. And your future taxes, right? Based off of that. Exactly. Day. No idea what your expenses were. No idea what you uh, are actually making. They don't care. They're like, we're gonna. this is what you owe us. And then we'll reimburse you in the future if we were wrong. Yeah. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like, what if you were opening a restaurant or something and your margins are razor thin and then the tax office comes and they're like, by the way, you owe us however much money today. So they sent me a letter. They sent me two letters. I get one letter that says, uh, you owe us 24,000 euros, which if you recall, secret project number one, I've already invested basically that much. Like I took out an advance on my Patreon earnings from Patreon. It was a, it was a project that they set up. I thought, okay, everything's settled. I'm good. I'm going to take a chunk out, invest it in the business. I'm operating at basically nothing. Like I'm not taking any money myself. I'm not making anything I want to invest it in make this cool thing that I think is going to help people experience Paris. It's going to be fun. It's going to be really good. I still believe in it. But anyways, I was like, I was like, okay. And in my mind, the way that it works is that at the end of the year, the government looks at what you made, what you spent um, and says, Oh crap, you didn't make any money. That's all right. Yeah. 
we'll get you next year, right? No. So instead, I get a letter saying, hey, we saw you made money. We don't know what you're doing with that money, but you owe us for what you're going to make in two years based off what you already made. Give it to us. So the first letter, they're like, hey, you're on a payment plan for the next for the next two years. This is the payment plan you owe us. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of money. Okay. Especially like in COVID, it's messed up. You know, tourist industry. Super messed revenues up. Revenues are going down. It's not helpful. Because they based the calculations off the pre-COVID year. Well, and, and the other thing was that because my, my Patreon is taking like the repayment directly out of what I'm making. So not only, not only are they asking for more money, but I am pulling in less money every month. I don't have the cash on hand to pay for this anyways. So that comes and I'm like, so I send that off to my accountant and I'm just like, what is this? And she's like, I told you about this. And I was like, I don't think you did. Like, I feel like I would have, I feel like it would have, she's like, anyways, we got into a little tiff about that. Cause I was like, I feel like I would have registered that part. Yeah. The whole like, yeah, they're going to ask you for a lot of money right away. But I was like, okay, well this is not a payment plan really tight. I don't have this money really, but like I, I can make this. So I literally, I canceled every subscription I could like Netflix, everything. Like I canceled everything that I could like the wall street journal, trimming that fat, just trimming every little thing that I could. I was like, okay, austerity measures. So I go into a full austerity mode. Two days later, I get a second letter and it says, we want you to also pay us 7,000 euros next week. Oh, there's a deadline, hard deadline. There's like five days from now. You owe us 7,000 euros. That is completely reasonable. So I was like, cool. 31,000 euros. That's like, basically more than half of what I'm going to earn this year and not even earn because the, the tricky thing is you have to remember at every point that like the, like it's still all taxed as a business. So like I personally only can ever take home whatever portion is left over, whatever. So I'm just like, it was, this is an incredibly stressful period of my life that happened a few months, like four or five months ago now. Yes. Yeah. End of 2021. Right? It was, yeah. The end the of last 2021. Part of it, yeah. yeah. And, uh, put everything so that I had to put the app development on hold immediately. Thankfully I still had a little bit of money left from that. So I was like, if nothing else, the chunk that I have set aside for this will at least satiate most of what they're asking for, uh, next week but then i won't have any money for the rest of what they're asking for so they want basically eight grand this month and then another 1200 euros next month or whatever it was oh man it's stressing me out just thinking about it right now and Oof. so i you know went through a whole bunch of steps to cut everything down we wrote them a letter saying hey this is insane can you put this on a payment plan as well mm-hmm. um which they did, and it's still more than I can afford, but hey, here we are. And so we got all that figured out. And so like, I was at the point where I was like, okay, I'm, I, I've managed to finagle everything. This is also before, because like, without tourism, like you said, like, I'm not making any money off of guide sales or anything else that's associated uh, with like, my pre-COVID income. So I'm mm-hmm. just operating on um, what I had coming in then. And thankfully, uh, in the end, this is the only time that a French bank has ever come through for me. I went in and they had sent me this very nice letter saying, Hey, we've noticed you've, you're on hard. You're, my bank could tell that I was on in, in hard times because like the, like that month or two period of like scrambling, I was probably, I think I was overdrawn. I was just like, right. I had nothing. And I was like, I was just, thankfully I'm on a diet. Right. So I'm sitting at home eating cheap, like pot, just pasta basically. Cause I can't afford to go out and I'm just, I don't want to cause I want to lose weight. So it's a really good combination of things. Apparently that's part of the weight loss plan. Just get a really stressful letter from the tax office. Um, yeah. 
Works. And <laughs> I go in and I'm just like, hey, like I got this letter saying that you'd waive all my fees and like let like whatever. It's really nice of you. Like, what should we do? And they're like, yeah, what's going on? And I, I was just like, well, and I just showed them the letters. And I was like, I've heard you guys offer loans for this situation. And they were like, oh, yeah, let us look. And they were like, oh, my God. Like, they just looked at it like, what? Like, they were shocked. So I was like, this is bullshit. And so they just like, yeah. We're, and they actually went above and beyond. He was like, okay, let's see what you can get for like a business loan or a personal loan. Whatever you need, we're going to help you get through this. And then they worked it out to get me these really low interest loans that just like made it possible not only to pay those bills that I was going to get completely buried by, but then get back to work and start like filming again and getting out and like actually like being able to do stuff again without worrying that I was going to go bankrupt. <sighs> so wow. it feels like I've dodged the bullet and things are, this is why Paris in my pocket is so important too. It's like, we got to like right. start moving things along. And so I still didn't spend any, I basically cut everything out. Didn't go back to app development. Didn't go back to anything else. I was like, okay, I'm going to take a, uh, like, I think the budget was like 3,000 euros of this to like reinvest in the branding and the guide redesign and the editor and all these things and going out and actually eating and sharing these places, whatever. Um, and then I'm actually just going to hold on to literally all the rest of the money from this loan and not touch it and give it back. There's no penalty for repaying it early. Give it back as soon as I can. And hopefully we just get yep. through this. Yeah, make your way back. So oh. I'm feeling literally in the last couple of days starting to feel like, okay, I'm going to be okay. But it's been a really stressful four, six months, whatever, however long it's been. Definitely at least six months, I feel. Yeah, I think yeah. it's been six months now. Wow. It's stressful yeah, to so recount that story. Uh, yeah, another thing to celebrate and getting out of that for sure. Thank God. Wow. My goodness. No, and I've also heard a lot of people opening companies here in France and having to close it very quickly because yeah. it actually doesn't make any sense economically to do that. And yeah. I think a big problem is information. And just yeah. like a lot of different, you know, sectors, um, accounting is also going into a phase where you'll have like, you know, new apps doing it as well. So hopefully they can educate entrepreneurs on how to do things properly. Yeah. Because well, you know, every day you find someone, you know, who's like quits their job and wants to become an entrepreneur and be the next, uh, I don't know. It's, it's one of those success things where story, it's hard to do no matter what, but like they make it extra hard here. Like almost, it feels like intentionally hard. And it's not, it's not that it's intentional. It's that they're just like, yep, but this is the way it is. Like we have this system that's been here for 150 years. You just have to go through it. And Ian, Ian's boss, our buddy Ian... Uh, his boss works in uh, tax preparation for Americans, and I went. I talked to them about it. My situation. Um, I talked with. I talked with a lot of people about this. I went. I found every accountant and lawyer I, that would talk to me, and uh, <laughs> and was just like, "What do I do?" And he he said, Ursaf, the office that sent me this letter, he said that they are the number one cause for businesses to go bankrupt in France. Like they're the number one reason people go bankrupt in France. Um, and but the moral of the story is not to dissuade people from doing it, but uh, it's no, just to show them how complicated right. the system is. You got right? well, yeah. you have to be prepared. I but I think yeah. the other thing is like well, for one, most of the people watching this or listening to this aren't going to open a business in France. So that's part of it. But if you were going to open a business in France, which a number of them are, so there are a number of people that are patrons of mine who I know are either already are here or want to come here. If you're going to open a business here, it is a matter of understand the structure that you have and then recognize that you're going to need more money than you realize to stay open that first year. So where the, the ridiculous thing is, if you think about it, 
if I want to close my business tomorrow, I have to buy myself out of my own business because that 31,000 euros they're asking for, they want no matter what. Yeah, so it's that, needs on a, to, that needs to be paid. It's on a payment plan now. If I close the business, they want it all up front. Even if you you stop. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Which is insane. Because that money was calculated on future yeah. So if I close my business today, don't I just owe you on what I earned? No, you owe us on what you would have earned had you stayed open and then we'll reimburse you in two years. Yeah. And by the way, if there's any, you know, uh, specialized tax lawyers between please. US and yeah. France, US French tax lawyers, please let us Jay. know. Jeez. Cause I mean, we could all learn from that too. Yeah. And there's actually, there are a couple of, uh, there are a couple of, uh, um, there's one guy that reached out to me recently that helps people prepare. But the thing is everybody that specialized between the two is the thing because they either do one or the other. That's right. Yeah. Finding somebody that actually understands both systems is, I'm going to check to see if this is a recording. I don't know how long ago that stopped recording. But oh God. Some of you are going to get to have seen mostly just me. Sorry, Prashan. Uh, we, we set up the backup camera. Hopefully this camera. That's fine. I'm hurting today. So <laughs> we'll, we'll get it figured out. So are my jacket indoors. It's so this cold. Is, this now. is the thing. Like, where do we, we're going to have to record this guy like directly to a computer maybe, or like, yeah, get a little small rig, uh, just kind of monitor basically facing mm -hmm. you. So you're going to see it and at least see yeah. it when it cuts out. Yep. Could have put it on the big TV. That Anyways, is. that's the Ursaf story. That's, uh, that's where my Man, stress levels went through the yeah, roof. It stresses me out just to hear it again. Uh, yeah. Oof. Dude, that was, those are horrible letters to get. And then to have your accountant be like, yeah, I told you about this. And it's like, you, what, what do you mean you told me about this? Also, you know my finances like and what I'm doing. Why didn't you tell me not to do what I'm doing? I think I mentioned this before, but you got to get a new account. I want bro. to get yeah. a new account, but yeah. I got to find somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reach out. So I, have, I, have, I know a guy <laughs> through my running group who he, he works as a web freelancer now. And he got picked up by this. There's a startup here in town or a small business at least, that they they only they work with uh, independent contractors, specifically web developers. Okay. And they coach them through the whole process of quitting their current job, getting like a rupture conventionnel, whatever. Uh, so which is a French thing where like they agree to quit with their boss in a way that they get paid severance to leave. Um, if you get fired, you get even better. So the the the, the rupture conventionnel is a way that all parties are all parties are hopefully happy with it. Um, so they coach them through that process and then using that severance pay to get themselves set up as a independent contractor. And then they have this amazing online portal that shows what they're earning, what the taxes they owe on that is, what they're actually earning. Like, it's amazing. So I reached out to those guys and was like, would you work with me? And then I think they were like, you don't make enough money. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> uh, when I told Ouch. them, they're like, yeah, tell us about it. And I was like, so I'm, I need to make more money and then maybe go back to them is the, maybe that's the ticket. All right, that's the that's the goal. That's the goal. I just want to make more money so I can get a competent accountant. Basically, it would cost <laughs> it would cost more. I think it costs like five hundred bucks a month. Man, I hope your accountant's not listening to this because, uh, dude, she is this. Can, can we say you're fired? Yeah, is it too too soon? If too she soon. gets her act together, she doesn't need to get fired. But like, I'm this is a wake up call. Yeah, accountant. please. Yeah, please. Good gravy, gravy. Good gravy. <laughs> yeah, champagne's kicking champagne's in. Champagne's kicking in. Yeah. So anyways, there we go. That's, wow. Um, wow. Whew. Heavy Sunday conversation. Heavy there. Sunday conversation. But light because at the same time, I think I'm through it. The other thing is the reason that I don't, I'm not like jonesing to fire her, even though if I found somebody better, I'd go for it, is because I feel like, well, unless, here's the other thing. I, I have to say this is a caveat. I feel like I'm through the worst of it. And in the French system, once you're established, you're in. Once you get through the gates and you pass through the gauntlet, you're in. And I experienced that with my French bank. 
French banks are notoriously terrible. Their websites, their apps, their personnel, everything is just like geared not to work. It seems on the way through, but once you're in, it's very relationally based. And then all of a sudden you walk in and they've known you for years and you're like, I'm having a problem. Yeah, they help you out. And they bend over backwards to help you. And I was actually, I had a really good experience with them for the first time. And I realized, oh, this is what it takes in France is longevity. So in the same way, if my chiffre d'affaires, if my, my numbers come through for over three years, I recognize, oh, the doors to France will open for me and for my business. I just had to survive these trials. There could be another trial. That's the caveat that I'm unaware of on its way right now. Barring that, I think I'm through it, and now I I belong. I'm 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 a welcome member of. You're in the, the system. The French yeah. business circles. Uh, you live, you learn, huh? Boy, do you? Oh. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see from here. Would I open a business here again, though? Eh. I don't have a choice because I want to live here, and I I'm getting my you know. Thing is, you might though. Like now, now that you know, you know it's the true. once once you know the rules, it's easier to make that decision. Yeah. For sure. It depends you didn't on what you're trying to know this going in. You no. Definitely might have reconsidered. I think, yeah, there's other there are other creative ways that I think I would have gone and done it um, legally, but also not uh, in this painful fashion. Yeah. I did a lot of research into other alternatives, and I there was one I was going to pull the trigger on, I thought, until I asked, and she was like, no, if you want to close your business here, you owe all that money up front. And I was like, cool, I... I do not have and cannot get 31,000 euros just to close my business. That's a lot of so, guides. That's a lot of guides to sell in here a week. We are. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of guides. Yeah. Well, things are looking better. Yeah. Man. So yeah, you went through a rough patch and you're, you're working yourself back into this, which is good, you know? Yeah. So props for that, you know, it's on its way. It's on its way. Cool. Well, we already closed once with you, but that's, I mean, that's a good spot to close. It's almost an hour long. So, Oh, okay. Just leave it at that. Thanks for watching. Thanks for enjoying us. Uh, hopefully enjoying us, watching us enjoy some uh, bubbly. Hopefully you enjoyed that too. Pretty good bubbly as well. Yeah, some away. I've got two more bottles in there. One for a book that I, fiction that I want to write. That's That bubble. That bubbly is going to be like two years old, three years old before I get to it. Ooh, nice and aged. Be aged. And then uh, another one for uh, the second YouTube channel that I also have had to put on the back burner. All right. Those are some big goals. Yeah. Yeah. The bottles bigger or the same size? They are the same size, but they yeah. came in boxes, so they're fancy. Fancy, absolutely. Uh, make sure to give Pushana a follow if you haven't already. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy it. Give us your feedback as to like length. Was this too long? Was it too short? Do you like it? Do you enjoy it? Format conversational. Um, do you want me to just sit and talk to you directly every once in a while? I don't know. Just let us know what you think. It's an experiment. We're gonna get on top of the technical problems with the cameras. Hopefully, the audio sounds good. This is all just kind of a, an experiment. Hopefully, for your uh, entertainment and uh, yeah. That's it. We'll see you for another one of these here soon. More behind the scenes, more secrets, more uh, painful, hopefully no more painful tax stories. Uh, yeah, enough of that. And uh, we'll see who wanders through. And maybe with like an outro next time with like actual music or something. Oh, that's not even, you can't even hear that.